service. What's up, listeners? Welcome back to the Full Service Podcast. I am Tank Smith, your host. It's episode 19, week 19. Welcome. If you're new to the podcast, hey, it's a pod. We're doing a podcast. Hey, thanks for <laughs> thanks for being here. If uh, if you've been rocking with us since the beginning, fucking thanks for coming back. I really do appreciate it. Uh, shout out, shout out to last week's guest, Dino Spumoni. Uh That was my first first look at uh, male escorting. Uh, it was a good time. That was a, that was a marathon interview. We did that interview. I feel like over like six hours. There was like a, we did part of the interview. Then like I went to the movies, <laughs> had dinner, and then we like did the second part of the interview with his wife. And it was a good time. Uh, looking back on that, the one thing I do remember about doing that interview was like seeing how like open they were with each other, and like it was it was a cool thing to see. Um, it was it was dope. Uh, so shout out to Dino. I really do appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, if you have not yet, give us a follow on the old Twitter, on the old Instagram, Full Service Pod. Our email address is fullservicepod at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Let us know what you think, what you want to see. If you want to come on the podcast, we can make it happen. If you like the podcast, hey, you're like, hey, Tank. I like the podcast. What can I do? Ooh boy. Subscribe. <laughs> Give us a rating. Write us a review. That really does help for visibility for new podcasts. If you could do that, that would be amazing. That would help us out a lot. My uh, my guest this week is Sophia Lorraine. She is an Atlanta-based escort. Uh, we talk about her orange, <laughs> her getting into sex work uh, as a phone, uh, phone sex operator. Uh, transitioning into escorting, joining the online uh, sex work community, working for an agency, working independently, advertising on social media, where she wants to be in the future. So now it's a good time. You should uh, definitely be giving her a follow on the old Twitter, on the old Instagram. Her Twitter is Miss Sophia Lorraine, M-S-S-O-F-I-A. L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E. Oh boy, your boy can spell. I'm not looking at it. <laughs> Just bragging to myself. <laughs> Talking to a microphone in the dark. Okay. <laughs> her uh, Instagram is <laughs> sophialorraine.atl. So give her a follow on the old Twitter, on the old IG. I got links to her Twitter and Instagram in the Lipson page. And I'll have a link to her website as well on the Libsyn page. So make sure you go to the website, check it out, show her some love. But uh, no, this is uh, episode 19. This is my interview with Sophia Lorraine. I hope you enjoy. Thanks. Welcome back, listeners. It is Tank Smith. I am excited about this episode. I'm excited about this episode today. <laughs> my guest for you is uh, Sophia Lorraine. Thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hell yeah, we are uh, we are in Atlanta once again. Uh, what's something? What's some? What's something to get good to do in Atlanta? I like to ask my guests. Um, I feel like right now, um, what I've noticed uh, on Instagram or at least on social media is that there's some sort of art display happening in Atlantic Station where you can like visit the giant poop emoji. Ooh. I think it might be some sort of interactive exhibit or something short term. <laughs> Um, but that's the most I've seen. I feel like I'm pretty shielded at most times from my civvy job and this, so I never fully know what's happening, but I try to, I try to keep up with the times. It's hard. It's hard to do it. It is. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Where uh, are you from, Atlanta, originally? Where are you from? No, I'm actually from the Bronx, New York. Oh, nice. Um, I moved down here and I want to say it was 2013. Yeah, it was early 2013. I moved down here and I've been here ever since. Oh, yeah. How, uh, how do you like it so far? Uh, if you want me to be completely honest, I'm not a fan of the traffic or nah. the fact that we need a car to get around. I much prefer to walk around on my own two feet, so... Years later, I still kind of feel like I'm getting used to that, and I'm really, I know this sounds horrible, but when I'm driving in a neighborhood and people are waving at me, I'm just like, I don't know you. Don't <laughs> wave at me. <laughs> but I don't know, maybe that's just the wariness of being a New Yorker, and you're just kind of like being I definitely, wary of I definitely understand that. People, yeah. people wave out here, though. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not used to it. I'm trying to be friendly. I'm trying to reciprocate that, and like, I feel like I'm super loving and open with friends and family, but when it's like a total stranger on the street, I'm just like... Why are you waving at me? Why are you? Yeah. <laughs> my dad does that. My dad's a waver. He'll just, he waves at people. Oh, my mom's worse. If I'm in the car with her and she sees somebody waving, she turns into full New Yorker and she's like, why the fuck are they waving at us? Yeah. Like, mom, chill. <laughs> I think they're just trying to be okay. friendly. <laughs> oh yeah. That's what I used to do in high school. Whenever I was smoking weed in my car, if I see somebody in their yard, I'm like, hey, it's, I mean, nothing's happening here. Kyle, how you doing? <laughs> I mean, we're all good. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> you are. Uh, you said you're a video game fan, right? Yes. So you're Skyrim. Skyrim. Uh actually, the last game I played, I was playing Skyrim for a while, but I feel I think the last game I played was Red Dead Redemption Three. Ooh. I finally got into that. That shit is fun. <laughs> that that. I think I went ahead and put in a few vacation days for my civvy job because I was like, you guys aren't gonna see me for the next week. I'm gonna yeah. be busy. I'm not going on vacation. I'm going to go to the Wild West. See, my problem in every game is just like, I just collect things. I feel like I don't play the game. I'm just like, I'm just going to collect a bunch of pelts. <laughs> and I actually got into that at the very end of the game. I didn't know. Um, you do. I'm, I mean, this isn't going to ruin the storyline in any way. Yeah. But there's a quest that you can do because I'm really into doing side quests. Nice. And one of them is to hunt down a legendary bear and collect its pelts. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was pretty. That was hard. It, it scared the shit out of me because yeah. I wasn't expecting the animal to kind of launch at you first, depending on the type of weapon you have. Yeah. And then once I finished the quest, I went ahead and went on the side quest of trying to collect all of the pelts. I think the last one I have is the Black Panther, which I heard is the hardest one to get. Okay. So I'm working on it. Oh, yeah. That's, I just like, I, I, I didn't, I never beat the game, I should say. Like I got the game, never beat it because it was just like, you have to invest time. Like, I was like, I cannot, like, I can't play this game because I was like... There's a lot to do. You're going to just, like, once you start, you're like, well, it's like... And then you, it's like four hours later. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to it's hard to put it down. What about uh, on your website, crystals? Are you into, like, crystals? Yes. How does, um, how does that work? How does it... My friend got me into crystals uh, during, like, a hard part of my life. She was like, let's go and have a tarot card reading. And we went and visited um, the, the Modern Mystic Shop in Pont City Market. Okay. Um, I think they're still there, but I think they moved and they're on. They've got like a bigger shop now. But uh, they're known for having a lot of crystals and people who do tarot card readings. And I don't know why, but for some reason I felt really drawn towards the yeah. opalite crystals. And I don't know if a lot of people can notice this with my piercings, but I usually tend to wear white opalite. Okay. And it's known as the Stone of Communication. And the woman who did my reading said that I'm the kind of person that's very communicative. So she said, you know, in life, uh, you're going to succeed by, you know, communicating your concerns versus just like avoiding a situation. You're just going to say, hey, let's talk it out. And I was like, that kind of sounds like Damn, that's pretty good. 
but crystals, at, at least for me, have helped in some way, like helped have um, an open air of healing almost for my home. I know I've got like a shit ton of rose quartz, which is mainly for like heart healing, whether it's like with love or with losing a friend or losing a family member. Um, and I also have black tourmaline and tiger's eye, which helps with anxiety as well as um, depression. Oh, yeah. um, but those are the few that I have so far. And I think I've got a big thing of smoky quartz too. Okay. But I'm still collecting. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Which I need to get. I need to get another tarot card reading. I need to. I need to do that. So I got one, and then I feel like they told me that me and my girlfriend were gonna break up, and then we oh. broke up. And I was like, that tarot Jeez. card reading. Was, <laughs> it wasn't that explicit, but it was like I was like, okay, okay, I see what you're doing. <laughs> oh yeah, Thai food fan. Are you a fan of Thai food? Yes, huge Ooh. fan. What's this? What's the spot? What's the spot in Atlanta? Where? Ah, uh, granted, I'm still like exploring and uh, eating at different. Uh, Fooderies is what my friend likes to call them. Yeah. Um, when she can just call them restaurants. I don't understand her sometimes. But anyway. Foodery feels better though. Yeah. You know, it's like not everybody goes to a, everybody goes to restaurants. Not, yeah. not everybody goes to a foodery. Yes. Know? That's that's the 2020 way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I have recently, I'm re- really into curry and especially pork. Uh, my friend took me to Sato Thai and Sushi recently. Or not recently. I want to say it was like a few months ago. Um, and I completely fall in love with their pork katsu. Nice. Um, and not, not only that, but the servers there and even the owner is always like super nice. He somehow recognizes me every time me and her go in there because we'll make it our frequent spot sometimes. Nice. Especially when it's like a cold winter day and you're like, oh, I need some like hot curry in my stomach. Um, but yeah, I'd say Sato for me is what's, what's doing it for me right now until I can get a new Thai place. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. (laughs) How, uh, how long have you been, uh, involved in sex work or escorting? Like how long have you been involved? Uh, since, uh, I want to say early, no, I'm sorry. Late 2014, early 2015. Can you remember the first time you like ever heard of sex work at all? Um, it was actually, so funny story behind that. Before that, uh, when I moved here in 2013 from New York, Um, This was around the time when, you know, it was January, nobody was hiring, and I didn't know what to do for work. So me and my mom had just finished watching For a Good Time Call. Okay. um, That movie that with these actresses that I forget their names, but they're trying to survive in New York City, and they decide to become phone sex operators. And after watching that, I was thinking to myself, oh, I wonder if that profession still exists. So I Googled it, and it did. And I, I went up to my mom and I was like, what do you think yeah. if I did this? <laughs> um, so I did that for about, I want to say a year and a half. And once I got into that, I you know learned about other things like uh, cam work and um, stripping, of course. And then that's when I kind of stumbled, uh, stumbled across escorting. Okay. And at first I was kind of wary about it because, you know, growing up when you watch films and tv shows they kind of make it seem like it's this super dangerous thing to do and the day i decided to do it was when i was walking i had gotten a call to be interviewed at a waitress as a waitress at a restaurant in buckhead and i'm walking to it literally just five minutes from the door and i stop and i call my mom and i say hey i think i want to be an escort oh yeah (laughs) And she was like, "Oh, okay. Well, come home, and we'll we'll talk about it." Yeah. I was like, "All right." And how'd you how'd you actually start? How'd you did you know anybody who was working as an escort before you started, or how? I didn't. I honestly had to rely on Google. I had to. Google I, works. Google works. It works. <laughs> uh, I went on there um, trying to figure out. I read. A, I remember reading a lot of Tumblr posts about how a lot of women would get into it, and a lot of the time. 
they were talking about getting with an agency first just so you can kind of, you know, get your feet wet, understand the field and how screening works and things like that. Um, especially for someone like me who didn't know at all like what to do. Yeah. Um, so I think that's when I came across TER and they had a specific section where you could look up agencies. Okay. So I wrote to every single one of them applying if they had a website available because I think some of them had websites that were like closed. And I don't think it's going to matter if I mention the name of this agency anymore because I don't think they're here anymore. Yeah. Um, that's when I got an, a text or a call from Southern Elite Companions okay. run by Misty. And, and it was so odd because I wasn't sure what to expect to once she like asked me to come in the following week. I drove up to this really like lovely looking um, Buckhead apartment complex and it looked so concrete on the outside but once you got to the inside of it it was like a jungle on the inside it had all this like plant life and it was it's very beautiful and I was oh, nice. just like expecting like to be uh, interviewed in such a harsh way and just be like do you think you're worth it yeah. good enough <laughs> and I was like, you have what it takes <laughs> I know and I was like sweating bullets I was like oh god I'm not gonna make it and I get to I think it was on the third or fourth floor I get inside and another escort um, invited me in and she was, I thought she was just there to like talk to me. And instead I'm sitting on the couch and she gets a call from Misty and she goes to like the, the far corner of the living room yeah. where I can still hear her. Yeah. And all I hear Misty say is, does she look like her pictures? And then the girl's just like, yeah, she does. I think she'll work. And I'm just like, oh, okay. I, I guess this you. is how it's going to work. <laughs> I guess I'm in. Yeah. Did you end up working for that agency when you? Yeah, so I uh, ended up working with them for, I want to say it was like a year or two, or maybe a year. Yeah, because it felt pretty short. It was just a year, um, and that's that gave, kind of gave me enough time to um, see how girls were being screened and like fa like learn about like uh, not just review websites but also get on the boards and talk to them. Okay. Uh, I was able to talk to other girls who also decided to leave the agency and uh, go indie. And I consulted with them on like how I would do that. Um, and they were super helpful about helping me with like the website information, uh, verification websites, where to advertise. Nice. Um, but yeah, like really it was just the community, like the girls at that agency, like one or two of them uh, were super helpful. I can't remember their names off the top of my tongue because they changed them once they left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they told me about like Twitter and how I should go on there and talk to more companions. Oh, and that's nice. how I got on there and started talking to more. And I met, um, oh no, what was her name? Ugh, my brain's getting old. I can't remember people anymore. <laughs> it's harder as you get older. <laughs> I know. But yeah, the, the community in general was super helpful. I remember meeting um, with another young lady. Was, no, I think her name was like Macy or something. Something with an M, but I don't know if she's even doing this work anymore, but she uh, was the one to kind of help push me okay. and say, okay, just go ahead and leave the agency and become independent. Like, you're fine. You can do it. Nice. <laughs> do you prefer independent to working at the agency? Oh, yes. <laughs> what do you think the perks are to being independent versus agency uh, work? Well, the number one thing is you get to kind of, you ultimately get to pick and choose who you see. At okay. the agency, if I texted uh, Misty and told her, you know, this is my availability for the week or, hey, I'm available now until whatever time. I would have to be near um, the in-call space or I would have to already be there. And I would unf I would have to take whoever came my way. I didn't get to know anything about this person. I didn't. I, all I got to know was their name. 
um, how much, how long they wanted to see me for and like how much that time frame would be. Yeah. And that was it. That was kind of, like I said, irritating because she wrote such, she wrote like maybe a paragraph at most about each of us. Okay. And I felt like that still didn't reflect who we were. So a lot of the time, uh, maybe five times out of 10, I would get someone who we just didn't have a connection. Uh, they were expecting something different somehow, yeah. even though my pictures were on the website. And that that was the biggest perk for me, going independent. So are they seeing your like basically pictures on a website and then choosing, hey, I want to see this person? Yeah. Versus like, oh, I just want to send, can you send some? They're actually choosing you. you like. Well, some of the time they were. There were moments where she would do specials for like the entire agency. So it would be like on days when, when she wasn't doing the special, they would pick who they wanted to see. Okay. But if she was doing a special, she would do like maybe like $50 off of the hour or something. And because they get that discount price, they get, they, they're fine with seeing whoever. Yeah. So when she did that, usually the clients who left me bad reviews on TER, because she told me that's, you know, how you get better in this business is by yeah. reviews. Those were the ones that were disappointed to see me and were like, oh, I thought I was getting this girl or geez, I was hoping to get this girl. Yeah. Um, even though they wanted to pay the discount price. Yeah. So I was like, well, shoot. Do you feel like the, when you went independent, your costs went up? Do you feel like the cost of benefit, like, do you feel like the benefit of you being independent and choose like who you get to see work on your own time? Do you think that benefit is above the cost that it takes to run a business like by yourself, I guess? Uh, yeah, because when I was, uh, when I was with the agency, um, she was really into advertising on TER, okay. I mean, not TER, I'm sorry, Eros, and <clears throat> for some of us, she would even take a slightly bigger pay grade because of Eros, and I know Eros is, from my understanding, even now, the most expensive place to advertise on from yeah. all providers, and if I wasn't getting enough calls or seeing enough people in a week, even after telling her, oh, I've got full availability, um, because, you know, we all get slow moments, yeah. she would pull my ad. And that's kind of when I, going independent, kind of realized, you know, where I should be placing my money, how, how my rates should be, what makes sense, what helps them feel like they're getting a lot more, but also helps me feel financially safe, if yeah, that makes sense. Definitely. Um, so it was nice that I was able to decide my own like rates and like how things were gonna go. So Oh yeah. <laughs> so the longer like the longer you do something right, the better you ultimately get at it. Do you yeah. feel like there was a waiver period at the beginning of escorting where you even actually even phone sex too. Was there a waiver period? Do you feel like do you feel like you weren't good at it at all? Oh, God. Phone sex, I felt like I was awful <laughs> <laughs> When I first started, <clears throat> sorry, um, I didn't realize that a lot of narration went into phone sex and you have to be very good at not just changing and uh, not just changing your voice and your tone to sound a certain way, but you have to be good at telling stories and because a lot of times I would get guys that would want to talk to me and then other times it was kind of half and half. I'd get guys who just wanted to wanted to hear me tell a naughty story. Okay. So like, you are you like riffing? You're just making stuff like is there like you're just honestly, making stuff. When up? it was happening, you have to wear a headset when you do it. So when I did that, you had to be wear a headset, be on call for whatever times you say you're available. Yeah. And you have to wait for a call to come in. And I'm I at that time I was playing Skyrim and other times I was playing Halo, other times I was playing <laughs> Katamari, and I'm just waiting for a call to come in. 
And then eventually I get one and it'll say something like, female fantasy. And I'd be like, oh crap, I have to think of a story. <laughs> and then I'd have to start, once I wasn't working, I'd have to start writing, like getting back into writing and like okay. actually writing out like, um, like, oh, I was by the pool and my, my pervy neighbor saw me through the fence that i was tanning naked (laughs) and saying stuff like that like just making a story (laughs) and that that was hard for me because like i said it was constant storytelling and writing but over time i did get a little bit better but with phone sex i wanted to leave it because when it got closer to me uh discovering escorting i was also getting a lot of calls from guys who wanted me to sound like their 10 year old daughter jesus fucking christ yeah (laughs) and you're like well sorry and that's when I was like, mm, here's my two weeks. I'm good on, I'm good on that. What the fuck, bro? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about, uh, yeah, what about uh, escorting? What, was there a waiver period? Honestly, the with escorting, I know it sounds really weird, but I feel like I got, okay, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. So I know like a lot of providers or a lot of girls that I've met, they told me that it would take time for them to get better. And I feel like you get good at it. Not just with like seeing more people, but understanding their needs and kind of making that connection with them and making sure that you're making the right connections with the right person because that it's fun for both parties. Yeah. But I know for a lot of other girls, they've had to go from like having a guy who was super vanilla to the guy who wanted a king to the guy who was rough. Yeah. And they've kind of had to ease into it and eventually having a client that might be like a bit more aggressive, but not aggressive in the way that they're making you do something you don't want to do, but more so like, okay, let's go ahead. Let's do this. And I'm just taking everything off. My very first client was that. Oh, shit. And I know I should feel annoyed by this, but I I don't know if this guy is even out in the world still, but I will say I appreciate you (laughs) because I kind of needed that to kind of not only get rid of my nerves, but also help me to understand that okay, not every client is going to be, you know, like this. And I guess having that first client experience helped me to, I guess, like, look at the the big picture of it as like, okay, well, I've got this client and I've already had, like, the most aggressive it could be and now I'm going to know how to wrangle it next time. Oh, okay, nice. If that makes sense. Yeah. What do you think your biggest challenge was starting out? Uh, pictures. I was very bad at finding outfits that coordinated because I know a lot of ladies um or I I feel like they're like the ones I've met are like better about it now but I know when I started a lot of them insisted I have like a separate uh person to me and would say things like okay well like back then I was called Arabella Marie Okay. Um, and that's what people can find me on on TER. That's what my old name was. And they're like, okay, well, you need to separate yourself from Arabella. Like, yeah. how would Arabella dress? How would her photos look? How would her aesthetic be? And I was just kind of like, well, that sounds kind of stupid because then they're not really getting to know me. They're yeah. just like getting to know somebody else. And I'm going to feel dumb getting clothes for another personality when I wouldn't wear that. And even though yeah. I go by a different name, it's just... You know, it's just like, it feels like a nickname to me. Like you're still getting to know me. You're still going to know part of my world and part of my life. Um, So I I feel like definitely the hardest part was just trying to get rid of that. I think getting rid of that alter ego and just like staying true to who I am. Nice. What, uh, what do you think the most important, I know pictures were kind of like your biggest challenge. (laughs) What do you think the most important thing you learned? Do you have a most important thing you learned starting out? Uh, patience. Like that, I'm a very impatient person. And I know starting out, I never thought that, you know, it would it would be such a roller coaster business as it is. 
And I've definitely had to learn to just be patient with it because not every week is going to be the same. Not every month is going to be the same and not every year is going to be the same. So it's like, I might have a great month one month, but then I have to remember next month I might not get anything. Yeah. So I've definitely had to learn to like, just be patient. I had to learn better money management skills. I had to learn better um, savings, honestly. So that was really the biggest, the biggest obstacle that I'm glad I've overcome. Yeah. When you, so when you said you started, you were able to like, you told your mom, you're like, hey, I want to get into escorting. Were you able to tell people close to you in your life that, you, that that's what you were doing? Oh yeah. I was able to tell, I told um, my mother and grandmother um, at the time they were kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. Cause they watch a lot of true crime shows. Yeah. And so they were <laughs> like, you're going to end up in a dumpster. And I'm like, no mom, that's not how this works. I am the one who puts people in dumpsters. <laughs> Um, so I had to sit her down. I had to sit her down and I think I even went ahead and made a PowerPoint presentation of like the research I found. See, now that's a good, like, that's a good way to do it. Exactly. Like you that's, can, that's how I won the dog argument. Nobody can argue with the PowerPoint. Exactly. The pros and cons. They're like, yeah. you, you got a laser pointer. Like I, I, I listed my sources. <laughs> I cited the sources. I said, okay, you know, the likelihood of this happening isn't real. Um, this could happen, but this is why I'm going to do this. And like, I'm showing them like the websites that were up where I would verify someone. Um, the websites that help me to uh, not just verify them, but also like go to the review boards and show like that they're real and things like that. So I'm just trying to show them like alleviate their concerns. So yeah. they're not thinking I'm like out one day and they're like, I don't know if she's going to come back. And yeah. it's like, I'm gonna text you. Like, yeah, this is, we're we're fine. Yeah, <laughs> it has have how the, have how they view sex work changed since you started. Yeah, my um, and this is actually funny that you brought this up because I was even talking about this with my mom the other day. Um, I was telling her about, <clears throat> sorry, uh, that we were discussing my civvy job. So outside of this, I work as a pest oh, for sweet. a supply uh, company. And we were telling, we were kind of discussing about how um, I have to train a few people. I kind of have to do it on a weekly basis anyway. But um, she was annoyed that they were decreasing my hours. And I'm like, it's fine. Like, you know, it's okay. And she's like, yeah, but I just want you to make an honest living. And like, I'm just like, <laughs> well, I mean, like, what about my sex work? And she's like, that's honest living. But I'm just saying your civvy job should be providing too. And I'm like, <laughs> you look at my sex work like it's honest living. And that just felt kind of nice to oh, know yeah. that, like, my mom, even though she's, everyone expects her to be traditional, she's actually very open to the idea of it. And she just looks at it as, like, customer service at the end of the day. I feel like having that support has to definitely be a positive influence in your life. Oh, yeah. Especially when my mom will be at uh, Target and <clears throat> she might see something like a pair of heels or, like, a dress. And she'll be like, oh, wear this for your client on this day. That is so Where, sweet. Get these shoes. <laughs> And I'm just like, Mom, stop. That is so sweet. That's... <laughs> oh, yeah. So when you started, I know you mentioned that the other people at the agency, they kind of showed you uh, Twitter. Did you go down Twitter pretty much immediately? Or how long did it take for you to... I honestly, even in my normal life, or I guess my life outside of sex work, I never believed in the power of Twitter. I know that yeah. sounds horrible because everybody uses it. But even back then when people were telling me to get into it for my work outside of this, I was like, eh, I don't know. And yeah. then once my friends, once the, my sex worker friends that became my friends were like, Oh, go on Twitter. It's like really helpful. And they should like, we're kind of teaching me like the hashtags and like who oh, to follow. Yeah. And 
um, how I should be like contributing to conversations and not just, you know, not just become exposure, but also become part of the community. Okay. And I, then that's when I kind of realized how important that was. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, it would actually be helpful for me to know these people and like under have a better understanding of what I'm doing too. Yeah. Do you feel like that sex work community has been beneficial to you? Oh yeah. Especially, uh, it's helped me reach out to sex workers, other sex workers and like kind of sit them down. And sometimes I'll even be like, Hey, so, you know, I see you're in Atlanta. Would you like to go get brunch or drinks or dinner? Like I'd love to like poke your brain about it. Especially if I see one who uh, has been doing this for a much longer time than I have. And I might have questions about it. Like where are the places I should be advertising or what do you think of touring companions? And like, like questions like that i feel like genuine questions have really helped have people been responsive like being like wanting to help like wanted to help you when you reach out on twitter yes i've tried um i've tried to individually reach out to ladies on eros and um instagram okay and i can see that they read it and they just don't respond and i've only (laughs) ever gotten two responses that were like i'm not comfortable with that yeah and i'm just kind of like but but i want friends (laughs) <laughs> See, I res- I respect the re- the res- the no response. You know, I love a good no. You know, that's understandable. That's just the leaving me hanging. I'm like, hey, just be like, no. like at least say no. Like it's fine. <laughs> be like, it's completely cool. Just be but like, but hey, I no. can see that you read it. I can see that. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> what uh? Do you like having to advertise on social media? Do you enjoy Twitter? Do you like? Yeah, it's actually honestly, it's kind of fun like there are moments like even this morning like I was I don't know if you saw my Twitter this morning but I was like right after kickboxing class I was like oh my butt looks nice let me take a video let me take a photo <laughs> like feeling myself because it's like I can't post that stuff on my regular social media yeah because people in my civvy life expect me to be expect me to be professional and like post artsy stuff and I think I only ever post a picture of my actual self maybe like once a month yeah um but on there it's almost like I can kind of be a little bit more freeing with it and I can not just like post those things and show a little bit more about my life and like how confident this community has made me feel yeah um but also like see what women are up to see what they're talking about see what they're commenting or when I found out the news about Eros updating their prices, I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't gone on Twitter. Yeah, like I saw, I interviewed Stina, like was one of my fir- like first few interviews. She showed like her uh, Eros price went from like one fifty five a month to like two nineteen a month. Oh my god! I'm like, that's fucking, that's crazy. Jeez. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> How uh, have you been in a relationship since uh, starting? Uh, uh- not really. I know this sounds kind of odd, but I've never really believed I was a relationship person. Yeah. Um, because my mom was raised to be such an open thinker, she made me the same way. And nice. she's like, like I mentioned before, she's a bit of a hippie in that sense. So she's kind of helped me to realize that loving should be open and freeing and not confined and like Putting tied. On. Exactly. So that's, I think that's part of the reason why she's so open to me doing sex work, but she's also always looked at me like, you know, just because, you know, you've done this and this, I'm not going to like, look at you like I want you to settle down because I don't give a shit. Like, do you is what she said. See, that's, yeah, I'm sure that just like helps just like that, you know, that no matter what, what kind of path you kind of choose, your mom's going to be like, hey, I feel, fuck yeah. Yeah. What, uh, who would you say your average clientele is? Um, average, do you mean age-wise? Yeah, I guess age, maybe race. Do you have, uh, a, do you usually, have, a, do you have like, this is the person that comes to see me? 
<laughs> I will say the older nerdy types for sure. The guys working in IT or working on like TV shows like Stranger Things and Walking Dead. Um, guys that know that like will have similar interests and things to talk about around oh, yeah. like they're like uh, I want to say late 30s, early 40s. Um, definitely 40s, like mid to late 40s would be like who I usually see. Okay. Um, Caucasian guys, again, into like nerdy stuff like I am. Um, yeah, that's the high, like the, the overall who I usually get the most requests from. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> do, uh, do you feel like people know how to contact you when they reach out? Do people know what kind of what they're doing or seem like they're like newbies? Like, I don't know how this works. Like, uh, I get that a lot on Instagram now. And like, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get better about Instagram because I feel like I'm learning about it all over again, especially for this kind of work. Definitely, I'm noticing um, some people are trying to find providers on Instagram, so I'll put hashtags, but then they don't know what to do. Yeah. So people will know what to do on Twitter, or like if they find me on Trist, or Private Delights, or P411, they know what to do. Yeah. But now that I've like moved on to Instagram, and I'm trying social media as an advertising platform too, they'll write to me and be like, are you in Atlanta? Or how do I book with you? Or like, how do I do this? And I'm just like, my website's right here. Yeah. Just go to it. And then I, I'll even, I think I did once where I recorded my phone showing myself tapping to the website, oh, yeah. to the book. Scroll down. Like go down <laughs> just a little bit more. There you contact, go. Contact, Submit. <laughs> Put in all this information. Here's everything you need to know. Exactly. <laughs> I did a, I did ask, or I did a uh, episode about like how to book a, like an escort. And I feel like if people just listen to that episode, you'll know how to do it. It's exactly. really, it's, it's super easy. <laughs> uh, I see a lot of people will talk about deposits um, needing a deposit before they uh, will secure an appointment or whatever. Mm. Do you require deposits for someone to book you? Yes. I know some ladies will require a deposit depending on the time frame. Uh, but because for me in my past, um, even starting out as an indie, I've had a lot of people short me. Like they'll say, like I'll just depend on them to have the entire amount once I see them. So I, yeah. won't, I didn't require a deposit. Um, but then when I saw them and like, once, you know, I finished seeing them, I realized that they shorted me. And then it's only ever happened like a handful of times where they wouldn't respond or um, wouldn't respond until like a few days later. So that instantly like kind of broke my heart a little bit. Yeah. But usually they'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then they'll like cash shop or Venmo me. Yeah. But now it's like I need it. Yeah. Just just for my own sanity and my own safety, if that makes sense. How responsive do you think, do you feel like people are to deposits? Um, I mean, I've never had anyone turn it away. Only if it's like, like I said, with Instagram guys that yeah. like reach out and they're like, I don't know how to do this. And I'm like, this is how you do it. And yeah. then like, I'll tell them like, I need a deposit. And I've only ever had like one or two just kind of be like, but why? And I'm like, yeah. be, be, what, what do you mean? But why? This is, this is how it works. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, book, you gotta, you gotta secure the date. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's all you gotta do. Uh, so one of the most important things in seeing somebody, uh, screening, um, do you feel like people are willing to give you personal information? Yeah, I haven't had an issue with that. Like, um, I've only ever had one or two, like maybe a handful of people that were like, oh, I don't, I haven't seen a provider in like the past year. Yeah. Can I just give you employment information? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And then I'll just call their job, either that, or I'll look up their LinkedIn, make sure yeah. that the name matches, the information matches. Um, but I think I'll still just for my own safety i'd still call and still be yeah. like hey this is ups for so and so does he work here because i need to drop off his package yeah that's oh yeah 
How accurate, um, do you feel like, do you take references from other providers? Oh, yeah. Do you feel like the references that you've gotten about clients have been accurate in the past? Yeah, I haven't really gotten an inaccurate one. I've only ever gotten, like, when I provide, or when I need at least, like, two, the first or second one, maybe her information might be a little bit weird. okay. Like, he might have gotten, like, a phone, a number off of her phone number by accident, or, like, Uh, the email mixed up. So if I know, I'll usually require their name, uh, their website, their phone number, and if he, like, maybe mistyped something, I'll just look it up on Twitter. And you'll be able to find it. Yeah. And then I'm just like, hey, did you see so-and-so? Like, Yeah. Does uh does attraction play a role when seeing a client at all? Mm, not really. I mean, there have I feel like the only time that it was that I've had to almost turn someone away was because they didn't shower. Yeah. And I've had to kind of I had to push him into the bathroom to be yeah. like, "Let's go take a shower like real quick." Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, since I've always been kind of raised to fall in love with someone for their personality and like the connection that we have together, I've never really looked at someone and said, oh, God. Like, yeah. Do you feel like it's harder to establish that connection versus when independently versus working as an agency since you don't kind of know anything about the person you're seeing before? Is that is that harder? Uh, a little bit more so because I never know who's going to walk through the door. And I feel like be, being an independent, you kind of get a sense of who they are and what they're like and what they like. So it makes it a little bit easier and almost like almost exciting to be able to like kind of know a little bit about this person and like be excited for the date because then you're just like, oh, I can't wait for us to do this. And he told me he likes this. So I went ahead and got this. And he said his favorite color is this. So I got this. (laughs) And I I unfortunately like to set the mood and I like to like prepare and I'm a bit of an over preparer in that sense. But but I think that's also because I'm really big into planning. Um, So I like to have that information beforehand. So when I was at the agency, it was kind of nerve wracking to only know their name because then I was like, well, shit, I don't know who's going to walk through that door. It's like it's like you have no idea about anything. And I'm just like, what if they don't like me? (laughs) It's a lot of pressure. Exactly. (laughs) Do you uh, have you ever developed feelings for anybody while doing this? Um, Kind of. But it was more so in a sense of liking like our friendship and our like connection so it was almost like you know oh I could kind of see myself like in a sense being with them but not in a way of like it's just us I could see myself having this person be an exclusive client almost okay um but I don't know whatever happened to him (laughs) (laughs) do you feel in a session do you feel any pressure to live up to a client's expectations at all Kind of. I think it only, for me, that's only ever happened when I was at the agency. Once I went independent, that kind of went away entirely. Because then, like I said, it was people who knew who I was. They got to learn about me a little bit. I got to learn about them at first. And it was a little bit easier to know what it was going to be like and have it become a much more enjoyable date versus... When I was at the agency, like like you said, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Do you show your face in your ads? I don't. Uh, granted, I have close friends and family that know what I do. But because I'm going for a higher job title in my civvy life and I'm yeah. going for my master's, I still don't know how people in general will react. And I guess because people can still identify me before my tattoos, that's fine. But usually in my civvy life... I wear nothing but long pants, so yeah. people don't even know that I'm tattooed. Um, so I feel like until, like, I guess until I feel much more comfortable with people being okay with sex workers being a real thing, like, you know, 
we're not vampires. We exist. We're here. Like, yeah. just be okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> then I might show my face one day because I know a lot of people are kind of just like, oh, you've, your friends and family know what you do. Why do you hide your face? And it's like, because of my job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> what I have to do during the daytime. <laughs> um, STIs, how often do you get tested? Uh, once every two months. Sweet. Have you ever used female condom? Ever used female condom? Yes, I did. Uh, like maybe honestly, only two or three times with like duos, just so we're not having to go through the awkward moment of like switching out condoms. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I heard they are good for duos. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Shout out to Magic. What up, Magic? She's uh, she she showed me what a female condom was for the first time. Oh, so awesome! She gets a shout out every episode. <laughs> how uh, how do you feel about reviews? Uh, at first I didn't, I was very appreciative of them when I first started because everyone kind of made, you know, I'm losing my words today, but they were making it seem like reviews were essential in this business. Okay. And in a sense they can be, but I feel like, I felt like once I started reading the reviews and seeing what people were writing, some people were like straight up lying. There was a review a guy wrote about me once. Um, and mind you, I don't know if anyone can hear how my voice sounds. I do not know Spanish. I am Spanish. I'm Cuban and Greek. But unfortunately, I know very little Spanish. And I don't even have an accent for that. Yeah. A guy wrote in saying that I had been calling him Papi <laughs> and spoke to him in a like a romantic Spanish lingual. And I'm just like, what? What? See, that's... <laughs> <laughs> See, that's for the, the, the free membership thing. Like, if... For the erotic or erotic monkey or whatever, mm-hmm. if you write like a review, you get like a free membership or some shit. See, I think that's I what people do. About, I think that's why people do it. And I didn't know that until after like maybe twenty reviews later, and I get another one that's like that or that lied about like what happened. I think one guy wrote um, that I did anal, and I was literally like, "I do not do that." Yeah. Why are you lying? So I didn't like it at first, but now that I've seen websites like Private Delight surface and how yeah. it the review culture for it has gotten a lot better. And I especially love that providers can actually respond to these reviews and yeah. say, you know, I'm so sorry if it didn't go the way you wanted or I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And I really like that aspect. Because I feel like Private Delight's reviews are definitely not as uh, explicit as some other stuff I've definitely seen. I'd be like, mm. oh my, bruh, <laughs> chill, dog. <laughs> That review was not good. <laughs> Take <just> chill out. <laughs> Do you feel like that reviews help you as a provider? Like um, help? I think they help. I feel like help they or help. Hurt. What do you think? Uh, oh gosh, that's hard to say though. I feel like if you're just starting out and you're a new face, a new presence, a new name, they can help. Um, but not, not as much as social media can. Cause I even did a poll on this a few days ago oh, nice. um, to talk about, to ask, you know, how, what's the, what is going to be, you know, the final nail in the coffin for you to say yes to booking a provider. And I think one of the results was her social, her online presence. Oh, I did see that. And it got the most votes so far. Yeah. And I think it's gotten, I, God, I can't, I don't even remember. I don't have my phone on me. Um, but yeah, that was like the most voted thing over reviews. And I was surprised because I was like, oh, I feel like reviews were such a big thing. Like they were, they were never going to book with someone unless they read the reviews. And now there's like so many factors that go into it. Like, especially with clients, which I was surprised by, because I saw another provider write about this too. 
and like maybe five or six guys, I assume were clients, said that they just genuinely felt insecure and inadequate. And I was like, why would you feel like we're not, I'm not here to shame you. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I want you to like (laughs) enjoy your time with me and I want us to like have fun. Like I'm not going to. I'm not going to bite. Yeah, no, no one's going to make you feel bad. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're out there, if you're worried about that, it's going to be fine. Exactly. You know? It's going to be good. Everything's going to be just, wonderful. Just write to that provider. Just be like, you know what? She seems like a cool girl. I'm going to go to her website. I'm going to correctly fill out her booking form. Fill out the booking form. <laughs> I will say that I was, uh, I, I, didn't ha- I, I quit my job to move down, move to Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I didn't have a job from like June to November. And so I was having to fill out a lot of like job applications online. Mm-hmm. And then I mainly reach out to people about the podcast for like through email. So I'm having to like fill out job applications and then booking forms also at the same time. Mm. And it can feel like a lot. But if you're just filling out a book, just it's, it's fill it's, out. I know. Like, fill it out. It's really not that bad. Yeah, it's not that hard. It's like it's just like writing about yourself. Just Yeah. That can be hard also. It can be. <laughs> <laughs> Um, burnout, I feel like can happen in a lot of things you do in your life. Has uh, burnout ever happened to you in sex work at all? Oh yeah, there was, um, definitely, I mean, I feel like it's happened a lot more in the agency days, not so much independent because for me, I kind of, I know how much I should be spacing in between and how much, what I, how many people I would like to see per month and how much I can mentally be okay with. Okay. Um, but at the agency, it was definitely, there were moments where I was just like, okay, I don't want to do this. I'm tired. Yeah. I want to go home. And then as I'm getting dressed to walk out the door, Misty would be like, you got someone in 30 minutes. And I'm just like, Damn oh it, my Misty. God. <laughs> no more. <laughs> I'm trying to go home. Basically. Has a, do you feel like escorting has helped you in other aspects of your life? Oh, yeah. Um, when I had a client who... Um, shout out to Dave if he's still out there. What up, know. Dave? How you doing, dog? Um, he was a regular I had at the agency who was a, um, what was his job title? I think he was like a physical therapist in Texas. Okay. He would come to Atlanta just to see providers because he didn't, I guess, feel safe doing it in Texas. Okay. Um, and he went from seeing me at the agency to seeing me as I was independent to eventually oh, saying, hey, I want to take care of you. Not in a sense of like, you know, I want to take you away from this because he knew how I felt about being in the industry and how I felt about relationships and things like that. So he, him and I basically made an arrangement. And with that, he was, honestly, we became the best of friends. He was almost always there for me, even if we couldn't see each other all the time. He would come and see me like twice a month for a weekend. Um, Even like would speak to my mom on the phone sometimes. Yeah, babe, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) And he really helped me to achieve my um, school goals because at the time I was going to school and I was finishing up and he helped take care of my tuition. He helped help me with my photography equipment because I have a BFA in photography. So he he helped me with that. Um, So in a big aspect, like Dave really helped me like get my shit together. That's awesome. (laughs) Fuck yeah. I need some headshots also. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I start. I checked out this book, uh, Thriving in Sex Work. Lola Davina wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks about like emotional labor versus physical labor in terms of the job. Do you feel like it's more so emotional, like tolling on on you, or like physically? What? Do, how do you feel? What do you think? 
Uh, I feel like it's more emotional because there are moments where I might not be as emotionally invested as I should be. I might have my mind on other things like my civvy job, uh, maybe a photo shoot I have to do, um, or just my life in general. And I just, I always, when that happens, I kind of feel inadequate um, because I feel worried that if I've got my mind on other things, then I'm not going to be as fun to be around. And I yeah. know since I'm such a people pleaser, I don't want to be like that for anybody, not even my friends sometimes. Like yeah. there are moments when my friends want to go and do something and I'm just like, look, I'm going to level with you. Yeah. I don't want to leave my house today. <laughs> I am so sorry. Yeah. But I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to sit here, eat my ice cream and watch Sabrina. That's all I do every night, actually. That's, yeah. that's... <laughs> Have you seen the new season? I have not. Is it good? It's, mm, it's not, I was a little disappointed with season three. Like season yeah. one and two kind of have you on your, the edge of your seat. But season three, it's like you're on the edge of your seat, but then you just go and fall on your face by the very end of it. And I'm just like, Damn. what are you guys doing? <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> but still watch it. Still watch it? Yeah. All right, I'll check it out. Because they're going to make a season four that ties into three because they made three a little bit shorter for some reason. So okay. I'm hoping... Maybe they'll like have a big high arc of like success in season four. Oh, okay, so. sweet. Fuck yeah. Do you feel like your uh, views on sex have changed since starting? Um, I definitely feel like I know this sounds horrible, but I feel so boring compared to a lot of the other women who do this because I know a lot of. Um, I was actually on another podcast for another friend. She does one for like kinks and stuff, but it's a YouTube one. I have to find it again because I forgot the name of it. Um, this was a few months back. And she asked me, so, what's your cake? And I'm just like, uh, I don't really... I like long hugs. That's yeah. my thing. <laughs> I'm just like, I like it rough sometimes. Like, I, I feel, I felt stupid going into it because I was like, I feel like there's so much to sex work. And I've yeah. seen a lot of, like, wonderful providers doing stuff like, like, extreme kink or, like, like reverse tops and bottoms and like doing stuff with balloon animals and I'm just like balloon animals yeah I'm at the <laughs> when you leave Pornhub uh, balloon animals <laughs> we'll see what's out there <laughs> no uh, do you feel like your views on uh, men have changed um I feel like they've changed as far as respect goes I definitely noticed that because I think I've had a lot of um, men be like treat me with such respect and I know this might sound odd to say but treat me to make me feel like a goddess almost in a sense I feel like when someone in like my civvy life or regular life don't treat me the same way I'm just like you know what I'm not we're not doing this yeah you're gonna stay over there I'm gonna stay right here <laughs> my clients would not treat me like this <laughs> see I have good clients fuck you duh. I know better men than you <laughs> <laughs> do you ever do you ever see female clients uh, I've tried to. I've had women write to me and they would do the whole process of filling out my booking form, providing references. And then once I got back, got back to them about it, I was, you know, waiting for a response as far as like date and time. And then they just wouldn't write back to me. And the only time that that ever happened was when a, a couple hired me and that like didn't go, didn't go yeah, as planned did, yeah, for her. How, how did the, how's, how's the couple, how'd the couple session go? At first, it was, it was smooth sailing. They seemed fine. But then halfway through it, um, the girlfriend, or I'm sorry, the fiance, because they were getting married, um, she just seemed out of it and seemed almost like she was like just watching us rather than participating. Oh, uh, okay. She just didn't seem like she was enjoying herself. And I was trying to get her to like have fun and yeah. be like, hey, come on, let me like play with your boobs. Let me motorboat you. Let yeah. me like do this. And I'm, I'm just trying to like, I feel like I'm, I'm talking to a child and I'm not trying to. I'm yeah. trying to like get her in the mood. 
and she just she seemed out of it and I couldn't tell if like maybe she was on drugs or maybe she just genuinely felt scarred from what happened because yeah. her fiance had to ultimately convince her to do this oh yeah and okay. so after that I kind of said you know I'll I'll see a couple like that's okay but I just want to make sure that like both parties you know wanna, what you're signing up yeah. for yeah You'd want to have some pre-date communication to be like, yeah. hey, I want to make sure we're all on the same page. Yeah. Like, I want to make sure you're all having a good time. Yeah. It can't be, it can't be one <laughs> Don't party. Don't just sitting in the corner there, like, rocking in the rocking chair, just watching us. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> this looks good. <laughs> where, uh, where do you see yourself in, like, five years? Uh, in five years, I see myself finished with my master's since I plan to go back to school later this year. And it's only going to take me two years to finish. Thank oh, God. Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah. Um, hopefully not in this country. I know a lot of people are kind of like, you know, oh, what's going to happen? And I'm just, I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm kind of tired of the U.S. And yeah. I kind of feel like maybe it's time for me to leave. And I even have been telling my family this, like, hey, you know, better health care in Finland. Like, yeah. let's go. <laughs> so I definitely see myself in five years finish with school not in this country but still definitely doing sex work even if it's just part-time nice. oh and with like five corgis five corgis yes that sounds expensive that's... but i'll make it happen you'll make it happen yes. <laughs> what uh you got a country you got a country picked out what you... um i ideally i want to work in advertising so i see myself mo- i hear a lot of people talking about how germany okay. and belgium are good places for Sweet. it and that they've got the best aside from japan um, have some of the best advertising agencies and the best nice. um, marketing people for that. So I might most likely go there just because it seems a little bit easier to navigate. Yeah. Japan, they don't seem like they like people who don't speak Japanese very much. Yeah, no. But people in Germany do. They're actually okay with it. Oh, yeah. So. I went to Belgium in high school. Belgium's pretty sweet. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, that's no, cool. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you have any cur- uh, challenges currently? Uh, I'd say my challenge currently is just trying to navigate the sex work world all over again since I did take a break for the past year because of Sesta and Fosta Um, and also because I by the beginning of 2019 had like broken things off with Dave um, and felt a little too I just wasn't in the right headspace for sex work at that time and I also felt like it wasn't safe to do Um, so I was just kind of paranoid and so was my family so I just took a step back for the year and uh, came back into it at the beginning of this past month, actually, and tried to kind of little by little, like, be more active on the Twitter community, try to figure out, like, what places I should be advertising versus where I shouldn't be. And I'm still just re-navigating, I think, is a good way of explaining what I'm going through right now. Fuck yeah. Do you, uh, oh yeah, what, what, if you could, if you could talk to somebody that wants to start, like, start in sex work, what mm-hmm. would you tell that person? Uh, if it's a provider who wants to start in sex work, I would just tell her, just do as much research as you can. I don't know if Tumblr still gives a lot of people the same access as they used to, because I know there was a whole debate about certain things being restricted. When Sesta Fosta got passed, that's when Tumblr kind of took off their kind of like uh, mature stuff offline. Because oh, it basically see, held like it basically held websites responsible for the stuff that users post mm. so if, it, if they're also if they were, were seen as promoting sex work tumblr could be re- like sued or held responsible for that but didn't pornhub recently purchase them rebuy them so that they could really that's what i read i don't know Damn. if that's fully true but i think they did just so that people could post that okay. stuff again 
But I might have to look that up later because I don't know how true that is. Tumblr back in the day was popping though. I will exactly. Say that. <laughs> and it was really helpful because that's what I would primarily use to like look up research. I would look at um, sex worker blogs, even sugar baby blogs. They would talk about not just their adventures, but like if they would have like an FAQ uh, post or blog post, you could respond to it. Um, but yeah, I would just say do as much research as you can. We have the internet. Like that's Google is your best friend in this. Just Google as much as you can. Find as much research as you can. Make sure you're going to the right websites. I mean, it might be a little hard to tell like what's the right website from the wrong website, but you, you'll get there. Yeah, you'll get there. <laughs> what about a what, what about a client? What would you tell a client that wants to see an escort for the first time? Uh, again, Google, but then maybe, maybe not click on the links first, maybe just Google it and then see what results come up. That's what I did. That's what I did. Yeah. I I Googled Raleigh Escorts. That's what happened. And then like, I know when you hover over a certain link, it'll show you like a preview. Okay. And you can just kind of see like what the websites might look like, how thorough they might be. Um, just look for like an escort directory website. Okay. Um, cause I know a lot of like websites that might not have that in their title would still be tagged under that, under that by their, uh, SEO. Okay. Um, so I know like if you type that in sometimes, I know Eros will come up, P411, um, an erotic monkey. I forgot a few other ones, but yeah, like eventually you'll like navigate your way through it. I'd say do your research on like the provider you want to see. Like once you've got like a woman picked out or like a type of woman picked out, pick from there. Fill out her booking form. Fill out that booking form. <laughs> and yeah, and then just have a blast. That's important. Having fun is having fun is just have safe fun. Safe fun. We gotta have safe fun out yeah. there. <laughs> Before I go, uh, do you have any uh, like a funny, interesting story or anything you want to share on the podcast before we get out of here? Um, so I did have, I think right before I decided to um, take a break and like Dave like introduced me to the idea of having an arrangement with him. I do have this kind of like funny but also sad story that I would like my friends would like recollect me on recollect me on about. I had I don't remember his name, but he did not tell me that he was disabled and had no arms or legs. So I was not prepared. But I did not, I didn't ask about the, pro- I didn't ask what happened. Yeah. But you could definitely see it on my face that I was very surprised. You gotta leave with that dog, Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, please tell me what I'm expecting first. But he was the sweetest guy. Um, he was a music producer, so he stayed at home and like he had the whole setup and everything. Yeah. Very nice guy. And like we had a great session. We got along fine. We got high together and like talked about music, even though I feel like my taste in music is shit, but whatever. <laughs> By the end of it, I was getting my shoes on. I was, you know, getting my stuff together. And I hit my toe against the counter, the, the island counter in his kitchen. And he was like, oh, are you okay? And I'm just like, oh, you know, I stubbed my toe. We all get that, right? And I'm just like, <laughs> but... Sophia, what? why did you say that? Why did you say that? <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, oh, my God, I probably hurt his feelings. Did he ever, did he ever contact you again? Did you ever no. see him again? Oh. But he left me a good tip. Hell yeah. So I was <laughs> like, okay, that's fine. I guess I shouldn't have said the toe thing, but okay. We all say things like that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I literally wasn't thinking. Either. Yeah. It was just one of those situations where like, you know, something happens and you're just like, oh, it's just my toe, you know. Yeah. I know you don't have one of those, but. <laughs> I mean, obviously you can understand how toes work, right? They're... <laughs> 
You've seen a toe, right? You did, I, this one, it hurts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting canceled. What's up? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, I really thank you do. for having me. Before we get out of here, did you want to plug your social media at all? Your Instagram, Twitter? Oh, yeah. Uh, I... I feel like it's oh gosh, I hope I'm not forgetting it. I believe my social media is Miss Sophia Lorraine and then you can also find me that's my Twitter. And then you can also find me on Instagram as Sophia Lorraine.atl. You heard it here first, folks. Sophia, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> Listeners, uh, we'll see you later. All right, peace. That was my interview with Sophia Lorraine. Uh, shout out to Sophia. Sophia, I really do appreciate you coming on the podcast. That was a good time. Uh, listeners, that has been episode 19. If you enjoy the podcast, if you like the podcast, give us a rating, uh, write us a review, subscribe, whatever platform you're uh, listening to the podcast on, subscribe. That really does help for uh, visibility for new podcasts. We're still a baby, only 19 weeks in. So uh, if you could do that, that would be great. Follow Sophia on the old social media, on the Twitter, on the Instagram. I have uh, links to her, both her Twitter and Instagram, and the Libsyn page, as well as her website. But her Twitter, she plugged it before, is Miss Sophia Lorraine, and her Instagram is SophiaLorraine.atl. So give her a follow while you're there, while you're on the old Twitter, IG, hit us up with the follow. Our Twitter and Instagram is at FullServicePod. My personal comedy Instagram, whatever Instagram is at Tank Funkadelic. Give me a follow. If you want to be on the podcast, our email, fullservicepod at gmail.com. Shoot us. Let us know what's up. I'm always looking for new guests. So, no, it'll be a good time. We'll talk. We'll put it on the waves. People here. No. <laughs> Shout out to the Chiefs for winning the Super Bowl, baby. And uh, more importantly, shout out to Team Fluff. For winning the Puppy Bowl. Beautiful, beautiful victory. Beautiful. I won $4 tonight. I won no money on the Chiefs. $4 on Team Fluff. Hell yeah. Little uh, comedy update before we get out of here. I uh, only got up 21 times in January. I need to get up more. Um, I uh, got some shows coming up. I got a big show on the 12th, so right now I'm recording this. It is the third, oh, it's the second, I guess. Um, but, so I, hopefully I can get up a good, like, at least 14 times before the 12th. That would be clutch, but we shall see what happens. But, uh, no, I got some shows uh, midway through the month to the end of the month. That should be fun. I will be back in North Carolina taking a road trip up north. I will be at Good Nights Comedy Club. It's a Wednesday, February 12th, for the Best of Raleigh Helium recording. They're doing an album recording. Uh, there's going to be some awesome comics on that show. So come hang out, 8 p.m. Wednesday on uh, Friday, the 14th, Valentine's Day. Going to Chapel Hill, baby. I'll be at the pit in Chapel Hill at 9.30 p.m. The 15th, I'm going to Wilmington, heading to the beach. I'll be at Skytown Beer. That show starts at 8 p.m. Uh, coming back down the next week, coming back to Atlanta, I will be at Laughing Skull Lounge at 8 p.m. on Tuesday. That's the 18th. The 20th, Thursday, I will be at Fire Pit Pizza in Grant Park. That shows at 10 p.m. The 23rd, Sunday, I'm going to be at Amaza in Decatur at 7 p.m. And March 1st, 
I will be at the Punchline at 9 p.m. on a Sunday night. Ooh, boy, late on the Sunday. But no, that's a... <laughs> Come to show. Hang out. Atlanta has fucking... It's a great city for comedy. If you're listening to this podcast and you're living in Atlanta and you're not going to comedy shows, what are you doing? Hopefully something better, but come out, hang out. (laughs) But no, this has been episode 19. I appreciate you listening. Shout out to Sophia. Give her a follow. Fucking thanks. All right, later. Service.